Welcome to your Daily Cup of Inspiration podcast with Deanna Hobbs, founder of Empowering Everyday Women Ministries, broadcasting live from our headquarters studios in Buffalo, New York. Visit us online at empoweringeverydaywomen.org. Today's inspiration is to prepare you for a supernatural valley visitation. You are never so low that God cannot reach you. Even when you find yourself deep in the valley, the Lord makes supernatural valley visitations and assures you that no matter where you are, victory is wherever he is. So be encouraged. Welcome to this, your Monday, August 22nd, 2022 edition of your Daily Cup of Inspiration podcast. My name is Deanna Hobbs, your bestie from Buffalo, bringing you the biggest smiles and the warmest greetings ever. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You are tuned into an audio devotion distinct from traditional Daily Cup podcast in that it is a companion to the corresponding written devotion of the day, now available to read at yourdailycupofinspiration.com. I believe these broadcasts, which can be accessed wherever podcasts are heard, are sent by God to strengthen, empower, and equip you along your path to destiny. Thank you for tuning in and allowing me to sow into your spirit. Now, without further ado, let's begin. About a week ago, I felt like a true chef after making perfect pancakes. Although they were instant pancakes straight out the box, it felt like a remarkable feat. Because since sustaining brain trauma, cooking is a challenge for me. These days, I have three areas of specialty in the kitchen. Overcooking, undercooking, and straight up burning things. (laughs) My traumatic brain injury simply won't let me be great. But even with a TBI, I got a glimpse of greatness when my pancakes rivaled Cracker Barrel and IHOP. They were so nice. Crisp around the edges, perfectly golden brown, buttery, soft inside, delectable. They even got the stamp of approval from everyone that I allowed, more like forced, but that's our secret, to taste them. Caleb, my youngest son, is the only one who really wanted pancakes. Still, everybody in the house graciously submitted to their role as taste tester. When my box pancakes, formerly Aunt Jemima, now Pearl Milling Company, received unanimous perfect scores from all the Hobbs judges, I was giddy. Since there are some things that I can no longer do well after my brain took a beating in the ICU, I deeply appreciate the things I can do. Even simple stuff like making box pancakes. The next morning, Considering how well things went in the kitchen a day earlier, I had a thought. I should make some more pancakes today. So I did. But unfortunately, this time around, the pancake making didn't go quite as well. I burned those pancakes good, but refused to toss them. Instead, I drowned those bad boys in syrup and gobbled them up like a delicious five-course meal at a five-star restaurant. As I sat eating my zero-star pancake ashes, I wondered, how did I go from serving up perfect pancakes a day earlier to choking down these tragic charcoal-flavored ones? Then it hit me. 
During the first pancake making session, my daughter Kaya, an amazing cook who makes her pancakes from scratch, was my acting supervisor. She told me exactly what to do and how to do it. But once I was out from under her watchful eye, the truth became clear. It was Kaya's help, not my own abilities, that resulted in that amazing outcome. Ever since my life dramatically shifted three years ago, I've had to accept that trying to do things on my own inevitably results in failure. Asking for assistance leads to success. Brain trauma or not, each of us needs help and guidance. That can come to us in practical ways or through supernatural means. The latter we see play out in Exodus chapter 17, verses 12 through 14. In this passage, Israel battled their mortal enemies, the Amalekites, descendants of Amalek, the grandson of Esau. Although the Amalekites were technically the Israelites' distant cousins, the relationship was contentious. These desert nomads did not fear God and loved to fight dirty. Rather than challenge Israel straight up, they snuck up from behind and attacked their unsuspecting cousins, targeting the vulnerable and weak stragglers. Amalek, whose name means dweller in a valley, stalked Israel in the valley at their low point when their guard was down. It was a cheap tactic that upset God, who also makes valley visitations. David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me, Psalm 23 and 4. And speaking of that rod David referenced, Moses had a rod in his hand as Israel fought against the valley-dwelling Amalekites. He stood on top of the hill, holding the rod of God in his hand as the soldiers that had been selected by his protege Joshua fought. Now the rod in scripture is a symbol of God's personal and powerful involvement in the affairs of his people. Remember in Exodus 7 and 8 through 13, how Moses' rod turned into a snake? This served as supernatural proof to Pharaoh and his magicians that God, the great I am, had indeed sent Moses to deliver Israel from Egyptian slavery. Most famously, in Exodus 14 and 16, when Moses stretched out his rod over the Red Sea, it miraculously parted, allowing the Israelites to walk across on dry land. Here in Exodus 17, during the battle against the valley dwellers, when Abraham stretched his rod toward heaven, the Bible says the Israelites defeated the Amalekites. On the flip side, when Moses' arms got tired and fell, resulting in the rod no longer pointing toward heaven, the Israelites' devious cousins won. This was God's way of sending a message. It was not the strength of Moses' arm, but the arm of God that won the victory. As Moses stretched his hand and the rod toward heaven, God stretched out his hand to Moses and the Israelites. And here's something so fascinating. The way Moses held up his hands and his rod was the same way that soldiers held up their flags in the time of war. These flags bore the insignia, the distinguishing mark or emblem of their country, making it known to all what banner they were fighting under. 
Well, against the Amalekites, God announced himself as Israel's banner. They were fighting under his power, supervision, and direction. Therefore, Moses built an altar in this place and called it Jehovah Nisi, which means the Lord your banner. Jehovah Nisi, one of the names of Yahweh, only appears one time in the Bible, right here in Exodus 17 and 15. It is a reminder that when the enemy comes for you in the valley at your weakest point, you have no need to worry since you are fighting under the banner of heaven, God has already won the victory for you. Just keep your hands lifted toward heaven and call upon the name of the Lord in the time of trouble. I guarantee that Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, your banner will make a supernatural valley visitation and fight your battle. Right now, Jehovah Nisi is talking to you, the one who finds themselves in the throes of battle, the one who is under spiritual attack, the one who feels weak and vulnerable, the one whose arms are tired and whose spirits are down. He says to you today, the battle is not yours, but the Lord's, according to 2 Chronicles 20 and 15. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, according to Exodus 14 and 13. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, according to Isaiah 54, 17. And when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him, according to Isaiah 59 and 19. Let me reiterate that. Lift up your hands and the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. This encouragement is serving you notice that God is making a supernatural valley visitation. He's showing up where you are under attack in your low place. Your finances may be low. Doctors' expectations for your recovery may be low. The probability of you receiving what you're believing for may be low. Your self-esteem may be low. The opinion that folks looking at your situation have of you may be low. The stress of the struggle may have you feeling low. And the overwhelming weight of it all may have your head hung low. But that's all right. Psalm 147 and 6 says, The Lord lifts up the downtrodden. All you need to do is stretch your hands toward heaven in surrender, intercession, and worship. That's what summons the presence and power of Almighty God to your valley. I dare you to lift both hands up as an act of faith as I stir a sweetener into your cup of inspiration found in Zephaniah 3 and 16 through 17 in the New International Version. It says, Do not fear Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one, will save. As you drink down the contents of your cup, rejoice that the mighty one is making a personal visitation to your valley. Once again, lift up your hands and your head and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? Psalm 24 and 9 tells us he is the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. He is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord your banner. As Exodus 15 and 3 says, he is the Lord, a warrior. The Lord is his name. Now pray this prayer with me. God, thank you 
for reminding me that victory belongs to me, even in the valley, because you, Jehovah Nisi, are there. When times get hard, help me not to throw in the towel, but to throw my hands up and surrender to you and trust that you will show up and work things out in my favor. In Jesus' name, amen. We are grateful for your support that keeps these broadcasts available online as a free resource to help others grow in their faith. If you are being blessed and you believe in our mission to share the gospel, sow a seed of any size at empoweringeverydaywomen.org donate. Thank you for your generosity. Your daily cup of inspiration has been brought to you by Empowering Everyday Women Ministries, where we fuel your faith every day. For more information, log on to yourdailycupofinspiration.com.